In the American justice system, crimes committed by companies should be seen as especially heinous. The dedicated podcasters that investigate these claims are part of an elite task force called Small Claims Court. These are their stories. Bress. For centuries, we have been engrossed by their majesty. They have become the focal point of many people's obsessions. So much so that as technology advanced, medical breakthroughs included not only vaccines and life-saving therapies for many maladies, but ways to make boobs bigger. The hubris of humankind sent breast implants on the path of the fabled Icarus, however, too close to the sun, causing their silicone bodies to melt in the heat. At the heart of this issue was the biggest manufacturer of breast implants in America, Dow Corning, and their troubles were like the breasts of their patients, larger than anyone ever imagined, and about to rupture. So welcome back, everybody, to another Small Claims Court. Uh, This episode's going up a little bit late today. Sorry about that. I was crunched for time this week because me and Jesse were just in Georgia. Shout out to all of our Georgia listeners out there. Um, Spending some time with her grandpa, seeing some family. So me and Nina could not hook up uh, this week to record, but I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. Figured I'd uh, uh, talk about something with you, and this is something I'd been thinking about doing for a little bit. It's Dow Corning uh, and the flurry of breast implant lawsuits that came about in the 1990s. But before we talk about that, I actually did want to catch you guys up on some of the uh, ongoing topics that we've talked about in recent seasons. Uh, Once again, checking in on Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes. She just concluded her sixth or seventh day on the stand testifying for herself. Once again, we talked about how she's using um, the, the abuse allegations against Sonny Balwani, in her defense, and I guess she was uh, emotional on the stand, but I guess when the prosecution cross-examined her, she did admit multiple times to being in complete control of the company. So I'm not saying Sonny Balwani isn't a terrible person. He probably is, and there probably was at least some emotional manipulation going on there. Um, But as we've already always said here on White Collars Red Hands, I think that she knew what she was doing, and she was also complicit. So you know, uh, and then moving on to Erica Jane and Tom Girardi, the real housewives couple that we talked about. Well, not really much uh, ongoing in the fraud case against Tom Girardi, because as we said, he uh, might have dementia. He is a very old, 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 old man. Um, but the only thing that's going on right now is about their divorce proceedings, which, you know, everyone is sensationalizing is very sloppy and it probably probably is. Um, and then. Lastly, uh, last week, so close, uh, we talked about Evergrande and how they were coming up on the default period for some uh, U.S. dollar-backed bonds coming up uh, just a few days after we released that episode. Well, they didn't pay it, and there's no communication coming from them at all. All So their uh, credit status has finally been uh, demoted to default. So, you know, something's going to explode. So have fun looking out for that. Uh, But on to today's topic of Dow Corning. Uh, The Midland, Michigan-based Dow Corning was established in 1943 by Dow Chemical and Corning Glass in tandem to explore the use of silicone and to manufacture products for the military during World War II. Now, today they market over 7,000 products, uh, but the only one that they are most infamous for is their production of silicone breast implants. Now, breast implants were first sold 
in the 1960s, but somehow had no governmental oversight into their manufacture or marketing until the FDA obtained authority to regulate them in 1976. Now, the FDA at this point had a big backlog of medical devices to regulate, so they didn't really receive proper oversight until well into the 80s. I think it was 1986 when they first were classified as a grade three medical device, which means that they had to uh, be provided with safety and quality information by the manufacturers. So from the 60s to 1986, everyone was just like, eh, who cares what you literally implant into your body? We'll get to it. Well, the first major lawsuit actually became, came before 1986 because in 1984, a woman by the name of Maria Stern was awarded $1.7 million, claiming her implants had caused an autoimmune disease. And during this trial, they also revealed internal communication from Dow Corning where they said they knew about higher than average rupture rates and of silicone gel leaking from the implants into the body. Uh but this uh, this lawsuit went largely unnoticed for six years until 1990, when an expose on the dangers of implants cited this case on none other than face to face with Connie Chung. Now, I wasn't born in 1990, but I know Connie Chung's name. So I think that this was a pretty popular show. Uh, all of you out there screaming at me right now, being like, I watch face to face with Connie Chung every single week. Uh, I'm sorry. I was, I was busy not being alive at this time. Uh, now this, this expose did set off a whirlwind of lawsuits through 1991, the year after it, that saw even more settlements with patients claiming that their implants caused unforeseen surgery complications, um, higher than average rupture, and that leaking of silicone caused uh, a link between cancer and autoimmune diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. Uh, in this same year, there was even more media frenzy as a 60 Minutes expose was released on the subject, and uh, litigation trials were even televised nationally on court TV. Now, around this time, Dow Corning admitted publicly, even though it was already known from the 1984 lawsuit, uh, that they knew about the gel leaking and rupture, but they were quick to say that there was no evidence uh to prove that silicone uh, leaking led to cancer or autoimmune diseases or really any health issues. Largely based on public opinion, though, the FDA placed a moratorium on silicone implants in 1992, of course, with exceptions uh, for mastectomies and other restorative procedures. Uh, in the same year, Multiple studies did surface showing no provable link between breast implants and breast cancer. And as a result, a lot of the um, lawsuits that came after this didn't focus on the cancer bit as much and more focused on autoimmune diseases and other connective tissue diseases that uh, that they said arose from uh, these silicone implants leaking. Now, who was saying this? There were a few doctors, maybe like five to seven. They were known as silicone doctors um, that supported these claims and testified that these claims were true and went around uh, to these patients and diagnosed them as such. But 
more than 90% of their patients were referred to them by lawyers. Sometimes the lawyers were even paying for the medical expenses, were paying these doctors for the medical expenses to diagnose these patients. And in some states, that is illegal. Um, So this is kind of a give and take on both sides. You know, Dow Corning, they did, you know, we're going to talk about they they might have done some bad stuff. I mean, they did hide the 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 rupturing and the leakage, but maybe the uh, people prosecuting them or litigating them. Maybe they also weren't uh, always in the right because. Obviously, that study came out to show that there's no link between breast cancer in it, uh, but still over 12,000 patients filed suit uh, against Dow Corning, and they were the largest manufacturer of silicone implants in America, but there were others. And in this media frenzy, they were all getting hit with a bunch of lawsuits, and all of them were right on the bridge of bankruptcy or... uh you know, it's not looking good for them, let's be honest. So they all got together and they decided to reach a joint settlement for $4.75 billion in 1994 with Dow Corning, obviously the largest manufacturer, to foot $2 billion of that bill. But the settlement collapsed very soon after because there was a high volume of class action lawsuit plaintiffs uh, that decided not to take the deal and they were they were going for an even higher settlement. Uh, in 1995, though, Dow Corning did file for Chapter 11 restructuring bankruptcy uh, due to the litigation pressure, making settlement talks just slow to an absolute crawl. That being said, in 1998, Dow Corning reached a settlement in the class action lawsuit to compensate 170,000 patients with $3.2 billion, which worked out to be anywhere between twelve dollars to $60,000 apiece, uh, depending on their need and what had, what had happened as a result of their implants. So, you know, they won. That was a, a huge settlement at the time in 1998, one of the biggest class action lawsuit settlements of the time. And I think it was the biggest in relation to uh, a medical defunct. That being said, starting in 1994, uh, in the coming years, there were many medical studies done looking into the claims brought up by patients because, you know, Doctors and scientists, they wanted to know if these claims were uh, substantiated. In those years, though, no study found certifiable links between breast implants and cancer, autoimmune diseases, or connective tissue diseases, although they did state uh, that there was obviously local trauma from the surgeries and the higher-than-average rupturing cases. So they said that these silicone implants, they leak. Eventually, they'll need to be replaced. So you're going to need multiple surgeries to keep these things up and going. I'm not super sure how silicone implants work today. Uh, if they're more, I, I got to think that they're more safe than this at this point, um, or at least you're hoping so. Because of all of these studies that came out, though, that showed no link between what the patients were claiming, the diseases the patients had, and the breast implants, the litigious tide turned and implant developers won more than 80% of the cases since then. And because of this, the FDA lifted the ban on silicone implants in 2006 and Dow Corning successfully restructured and remains in business to this day as one of the largest producers of silicone and silicon technologies. So who's the bad guy? 
in this case. Uh, According to the American Medical Association in an article in their Journal of Ethics, these lawsuits were not based on medical fact, but rather decided in the court of public opinion and by a few doctors paid off by the prosecution to support the claims that silicone poisoning led to the diseases exhibited by patients. Here's my thing. Either way, Dow Corning knew that silicone leak and rupture was happening at a higher rate than expected and did not admit this publicly. They were in charge of their quality control, and if they really believed that there were no ill effects from this, they should have acknowledged it sooner so people could make informed decisions. Then again, I'm pretty biased against corporations, as I'm sure all of you are, because, well, you're listening to me right now. So you've probably heard some of the other stuff we do, and I bet after five seasons of this, you don't really trust any corporations as well, okay? I got my tinfoil hats on. I'm sure you guys do too. Uh, there's a big conspiracy. They're all against us. Uh, lobbyists control the government, uh, and we're all going to die because Evergrande's defaulted on their loans. This We really do not have an uplifting job here at White Collars Red Hands, but sometimes the truth hurts. The truth you can't handle the truth. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Uh, they There was some shady stuff going on on both sides in this, but, but I don't think Dow Corning did right. They deserve to at least pay some of the money out. And you know what? They restructured. They're fine. They're still making silicone implants. They're still making them titties big, okay? So they're, they came out on the, uh, on the fine end of it, and honestly, these people... They got the autoimmune diseases. Like, I don't think anyone's arguing that these these patients didn't get lupus because they probably had lupus or they didn't have rheumatoid arthritis because they probably had rheumatoid arthritis. So if it's happening at a higher clip in those patients, is is that what it was or did they just develop it and it happened to be a coincidence? I don't know. But I'm here to tell you the story, and that was a big thing that happened in the 1990s before I was born. But anyone who was around then, you probably remember all of the all of the news stories that came out uh, uh, declaring the titty war. So there it is. So I think that's all I had for today. So thank you guys uh, for listening to this uh, this small this small claims court. we had it early. We've never had one of these during the season, but we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming starting next week. We got some really fun stuff coming up for episode nine of this season and for the finale, which might be a two parter this uh, this season. It's it's shaping up to be a lot of information, but it's a lot of fun stuff for our murder episode. Ba-da-da. So if you liked what you heard here today, uh, you know, we could we could use a better rating on iTunes. And 80% of you right now, I know, I've seen the numbers. You're listening on iTunes right now. So it would be great if you would just take the extra few seconds out of your day to go leave us a five-star review, uh, a five-star rating, write us a review. It really helps us out, gets us into uh, more ears of more people uh, and helps the podcast grow. Another good way to do that and free is just to tell someone you like it. Tell them, hey, I listen to this White Collar's Red Hand. This woman, Nina, is insane. She she makes, she says the craziest things on a weekly basis. The Kashan guy, he's kind of boring, but you know what? He, he puts together a good outline. I don't know what you guys say about me. Uh, <laughs> that would be a really great way to help us out for free. Uh, you can also help us out for free just by following our social medias, uh, facebook.com slash white collars red hands, Twitter at white collars pod, Instagram at white collars 
underscore red hands. Uh, you can also visit our website, whitecollarsredhands.com. Listen directly there. Read our bios. Find all of the links to where you can listen to us on every platform. Uh, you can support us and get us some money by listening for free on YouTube at Entertainment Buffet. They host all of our content there. And you get a cool little visual aid to go along with it. Uh, you can also send us an email whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. We do fan-submitted episodes every single season, and we're going to be picking our season six topics coming up. So if you get us, get them to us now, and we'll make sure that we uh, include something from you in next season if we're interested by it. So that would be cool. Uh, another way to support us, this time not so much for free, is to buy our Merch. Uh, I've been repping the merch a lot recently. It's getting colder here in Chicago, and I've been wearing that hoodie around, uh, repping it. People giving me super weird looks like, what's that? Uh, and that's a great way to help us because they're going to go home, they're going to Google it, uh, and they're going to listen to it, and hopefully they don't. Uh, th- they can handle me saying fuck a couple of times because uh, that's been our biggest problem so far. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that's all I got for today. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. This has been Small Acclaims Court. Uh, Court adjourns.